I don't know if I can get reinvested in this, in this team, eh? I've been depressed all week. These guys have broken my heart. And even if they get, even if we get in, uh, I'm with you. They're just going to get dummies by Boston. They, they blew it. I think I'm done. Uh, I texted all my buddies a couple days ago that I'm done with the Leafs. I can't take this anymore. But I, I'll admit, if they, win, if, they beat, if they beat Boston tomorrow night, I, I might just get sucked back in, eh? What is that is that? Mario. That is brilliant, isn't it? A 45-second rant about how the Leafs have broken his heart. He's out. And then he goes Pacino and admits that they will drag him right back in with one win tomorrow but that's, night. That's the best part. He's like, I text all my buddies. I'm done. They've broken it. That's it. You win? Yeah, I'm back in. I'm good. This that's is funny. why, this that's why, why Leaf fans are That's are why Joe from the bridge sat right there. And he was saying last year, I'm done with this group, I'm done with this group. And I said, we have a couple tickets for Saturday night. Would you go? Well, probably. Where, where, where are the seats? Where Remember he said, where are the seats? Yes, that was his first question. Where would I be sitting? Where are the seats? See, I mean, that's the problem. And it's a good problem. You're always a fan. Leaf fans, you know what makes this market and this team and this fan base so fascinating? It's pretty and, cool. And so fun. It's because everyone takes a different approach. Like, there is not a unanimous mentality. Yeah. And we're dealing with right now on the micro, when you talk about the small picture, just five games left, people are conflicted. Yeah, Half of people want them to lose. Half of them want them to win. Half of them want the coach to be fired, so they have to lose. The other half think it's on the players, so if they get in, it's going to boost their confidence. People are all over the place, and we're always looking two or three steps down the road. Okay, if the coach goes, who would be coming in and why? Right. How are they going to approach the draft? We had someone call in earlier who said, get a, get a top 10 pick, lose out, and then trade it. Yeah. And now Danny just sent me a tweet saying, well, the draft isn't always great, so trade for a better defense core first. Get rid of it. We have enough talent down there with the Marlies. And I'll guarantee you I'll get, tra- I'll get tweets and texts and emails all day from people saying, stock up with talent, load yeah. up the Marlies. Everyone has a different viewpoint. Let, let me ask you and pose this question to both of you. And this is just hypothetical. If Randy Carlisle doesn't work out here and you're searching for a coach and the new coach that's brought on is just... Boring defensive style. And his his thought process is to try and win every night. It's a blanketing trap. It's a one four four check. It's it's a it's a an ugly game, an ugly ugly product on the ice. But they're gonna have some success. Uh, you know, Minnesota Wild Hockey, if Jacques Lemaire is your guy. And and believe me. Halfway through the season, you're doing all right, but you're you're in overtime every night. You're you're battling. Don't you think that's something they would take right now? I'm just I'm putting it out there to both of you. The product. Would you be concerned about the entertainment product or the wins in the end? Because if you bring in somebody like a Jacques Lemaire, who I had in Minnesota in an expansion team, I think he's one of the most brilliant coaches that ever coached. The game, period. Do you honestly think the people of Toronto walk out of the Air Canada Center if they win 2-1, they're going to be saying to their buddies, that just wasn't enough excitement for me? They don't care. They just want to I'm win. I'm asking you. The style of hockey they don't is, care. is because there are people that really do not like watching the New Jersey Devils, do not like watching the Minnesota Wild play every night. And, and it's blanketing, it's ugly, but they win. 
Do you want that? You know why they don't like watching the New Jersey Devils? Because they always beat them. No, because they're not the Toronto Maple Leafs. People aren't going to watch another team play boring hockey and win. They'll okay. watch their team play boring hockey and win. Absolutely, I, I wasn't... people would sign off on that. But here's the thing, Noodles. There's no guarantees that they're going to win cups. If you're talking about playing ugly and just getting in and losing in the first round or maybe winning a round and losing in the second round, that's kind of a different conversation. That is a different conversation. Because the one thing I will say about this team, and I've said it all year, they are the Dosakis guy. They are entertaining. They blow leads. Yeah, they but make let's not up even leads. Mention that, let's not even mention that, like winning cups. Because... You got to take one step at a time. You're right. But they're not close to making the did playoffs. You, did right you now. believe statistically. that statistically? Okay, but so you're you... going to talk about winning cups now? No, but this is. And you've diff- said all year long they're a couple years away. So they show up at training camp next year. Are they going to be ready to win a cup next year? Brian? It's a different conversation, though. We're talking. Well, you're the, the one that said it. No, I'm the one that's responding to what noodles I, I, is yeah. throwing. I put out the question right out now. there: Would you accept a boring product if it meant some success, some wins? That's yes. it. You would? Yes. Okay, and that was my question. The point is, is New Jersey went to a cup final a couple of years back. That wasn't a cup-winning team. That wasn't the most brilliant team on paper, but they played a good team game. They got hot at the right time. You know, you got some got timely goals. To, they got taken to seven games by the Florida Panthers. I know, but they, they also the- did a pretty good job in the finals against the LA Kings. So the point being is, you know, the Detroit Red Wings took the Chicago Blackhawks to seven last year, and Taze had a meltdown. I mean, there there is adversity throughout the playoffs. You just have to get there. The point being is the product. Would you accept that type of product yes. in this market? Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. Absolutely. I, and like, was, you look at the Devils. They've won three cups, and they've been to, what, five? And, yeah, they play a boring style. But guess what? Winning trumps all. And I think right. a lot of people would answer that right now, well, people especially are in this marketplace. Yeah, Johnny just said, hey, I'm in if it's a winning formula. Screw the entertainment value. Because people are smart hockey fans, too. This right. is not about selling tickets to Panthers fans. Right. I understand that you have to take in, into account the entertainment value and the money and the revenue that comes with it trying to get people into your seats. That's if a- you live in Florida, if you live in Phoenix, and if you own those teams, that doesn't apply up here. You're, you're selling anyway. And guess what? They play entertaining style all year. If they miss the playoffs, who the hell cares? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the type of coach that Lemaire was. And now, uh, granted, Marion Gabrick was only an 18-year-old coming over from Slovakia, but you knew he was going to be an explosive player. And Lemaire would say, Gabby, you come off the ice. Gabby, you make that mistake again, you're going to come sit here with me. You do it one more time, you're going to go up there in the stands. Like, he, he held everyone accountable, and it, it would... There would be guys that have to change their game. But the point is, is if, if you wanted that defensive style, there are people out there that can bring it in and hold guys to task. The one now, thing that people don't understand in players, it's you guys are talking like if you play defense, it's all of a sudden you don't even get to score, you don't get to handle the puck. I believe it's quite the opposite. I played a trap in Carolina. You get the puck all the time because you capitalize on the other team's stupid mistakes, and then you can forecheck all you want. You can make plays, but once you don't get it, you just got to go into formation to get it back, and then you can just run amok. Absolutely. And Noodles, you were talking about this the other day. You could Two suffocate of your former teams. teammates, where one of them is a prominent goal scorer, and he wanted to just run and gun, and the other one is your textbook epitome of a shutdown guy. Yeah. And he said, buddy. If we work on this in our own end, you will get even more up. We'll have the puck all the time. And, and like you is. said, oh. But what happens is you, when you turn the puck over, you have to go back into formation, and it's, wor- it's working. It's not standing there 
and just playing a box plus one. It's it's actually working to turn the pucks over within a system. It takes discipline and, and hockey IQ as yeah. well. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Steve up in Newmarket, go ahead. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Hey, We're well, thanks. Okay, I have a perfect solution for the coach of the Maple Leafs, okay? And this okay. is coming from a non-Maple Leafs fan, so I'm very objective when I'm telling you this. This guy has been to two Stanley Cup finals. He's won one of them. Okay, he coached Kessel and JVR in the Olympics, and his name is Peter Laviolette, and nobody is talking about him, and I don't understand why. Carlisle is done in this city. He's finished. He has lost the room. They don't play for him. His system does not work with this with this team. There's no chemistry with the coach, the system, the players. I hate how he's handled Reimer. Peter Laviolette is the guy they should be going for. Steve, let me ask you this. Do you know what area of focus that Peter Laviolette really concentrates on? He, he, he's, he's an offense guy. He loves so why would the speed. Leafs need but, that? Hold on, but hold on, hold on. He's an offense guy. He loves to play with speed. And what are the greatest attributes of the Leafs? They have speed and they can play offense. Well, now, guess what Craig Berube did when he went to Philadelphia and changed things around that uh, Peter Laviolette couldn't do? He didn't change things around in the system. He what didn't? He did, what he did, no, no. I'm a Flyers fan, so I'll tell okay, you. Okay, well, I talked to the man last week, so you tell me. Um, he, what he did... Was he made? He made, he's a player's coach. Okay, Laviolette is a different style. His style did not mesh with the players anymore that were growing. They they changed things around on him. They were younger players. Barube is better suited in the way he handles that room. What Barube did is go in there and say, "Guys, this can't be running gun anymore. You have to pay attention in your own end, and that's how you're going to have success. And that's exactly why they are the way that, where they are right now." So. Uh, it's a nice little shout out to Peter they are, Laviolette. They are they're they're playing better because of Barube uh, uh, talking about that. But let's not forget that 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 Claude Giroux is also uh, the leading scorer since the ten game mark in the NHL. So let so that has a lot to do with it too of playing offense. Well, well you think and that you're helps right and I'll too. Think mine yeah, but that also gets back to what you were saying. I appreciate the call. Thank you for it, Steve. With them focusing on the defensive end and trying to establish more of a structured game. It did not restrict Claude Giroux from lighting the league on fire. That's exactly it, it right. Didn't. It's funny how they and both kind of coincided with each everything other. Everything right? came together at the same time. But you also have to consider player personnel. I mean, this yeah. is the thing. If it's Dave Nonis that's going to make this decision, Dave Nonis does not have a lifetime contract. The heat that is going to be on Dave Nonis internally with Tim Laiwicki kicking around will be top notch. I mean, boiling over heat. Laiwicki's going to be in his grill and demanding an explanation. And if Nonis is sitting here thinking, okay, I've got to get this team going starting next year, not winning a cup, not necessarily competing a cup, because you can't build Rome overnight. It's not going to happen. But he has to look at the players that he has. And more often than not, the GM, they cater to the players that they have, yep. not to the system that they want those players to play to. And this also gets back to the chicken or the egg. I mean, this conversation that we've been having all year in terms of Carlisle, is it the coach or is it the players? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you decide to go in and let's say you bring in a guy like Laviolette, if it's, you know, offensive forechecking pressure and that's what they want, and they're going to throw the puck out there and say, let's outskate these guys and try to win 4-3, I think Kessel, Van Riemsdyk, Bozak, Kadri, Lupo, they'd be pretty happy with that. Jake Gardner, Morgan Riley, they'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not convinced that Nonis is just going to go out there and say, all right, I'm bringing in a guy who's crazy defensively, and that's all he cares about and all he thinks about. Right. Because I've, I've put, put forth these players, and they can't fit into that but system. That's the thing. You have to manage and coach your team for what you have. You could bring in Scotty Bowman, but if Phil Kessel's not going to buy into it, 
He's not going to buy into what Scotty's saying. What? What? Who's winning that battle? Who is going to win the battle if Scotty Bowman comes in and Phil Kessel says, "I'm going to. I want to play my way." So you know, he's going to be playing right D. Then that's what he'll be doing. But he'll still be collecting I, eight million a year. I guess my point is, is you, and that's you think nothing. Scotty Bowman cares. It's he not, might not. But do you think Phil cares? I don't know. My point is, it's not a shot at Phil Kessel. It's just if if. Scotty Bowman, if the, arguably the greatest coach of all time comes in, he only has a certain amount of players to work with, or as, for, as far as the certain group of players to work with. And like you say, you, you can't put lipstick on a pig sometimes. You have to figure it out that what, what works for this group. And that's where you, know, you, you address personnel in the offseason and say, I'm going to move forward with this group, but I need better this and better that. I need to add these pieces to make these players better and then find a coach that can coach that dynamic. That's what I would be all over. But again, it's assessing. It's, it's constantly ass- assessing what you have on the ice and in the organization moving forward. Dave Boland coming up at 1.30. We'll get his thoughts on the win last night. We'll get back to your calls, emails, and tweets. Lease Lunch brought to you by Lease Busters. It's so easy to get out of your car lease at Canada's number one lease takeover marketplace. Lease Busters. Avoid penalties and early termination. Go to leasebusters.com. This is Lease Lunch, TSN 1050. Feeling it. Feeling it. You're into this kind of stuff, huh? Brass monkey. Brass monkey. I could see you being a Beastie Boys guy. I Noodles. Like them. Yeah. They were great. They were a great, good band. That was old school type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> a good band. They were a good bunch of guys. I think they like to have a lot of fun. Put it that way. I have no problem with that. Yes. I agree with you. I don't think that is even up for debate. The boys, they enjoyed their time down in Brooklyn and other places around the world. Yes. Um, Dave Bowling coming up here in about 15 minutes from now. We'll get to our Leafs Lunch lineup contest player of the day. The Maple Leafs coming off a win last night. People kind of having mixed reviews on exactly what we witnessed. A win is a win. They're still technically alive. Under 10%, I believe. The website has it listed as... At this point, an 8.6% chance of them getting in. But that changes with every win and every loss for Columbus, Detroit, and Washington. And I think Detroit, they're probably too far gone, even though they're only two points up. And they got Boston tonight. It's going to be a difficult test for them. But it's Columbus that I think most people are focused on because of how difficult their schedule is and how condensed it is. They have seven games left that they play over, I believe, 11 nights and there's travel, there's makeup games down in Dallas, and they play tough teams at Philly, at home to Chicago, Phoenix, Dallas, Tampa. Like those, those are not easy games no. for anyone, even if you're playing well, even if you're playing every third night. You start playing back-to-backs against teams like that, it can wear on you. And teams want to play spoiler, right? They're, they're playing, they've got one week left in their season. That's what's concerning. I, 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 w- I don't even want to laugh about it, but I... I said to Steph, I said, the Leafs could win five out of six, but it would be like Ottawa or something, that last game where, you know, they just can't It'll burn it done. them. It'll burn you know, them. That's what terrifies me because it's, it's just funny because the Florida Panthers are going to beat somebody next week. They are. Who's it going to be? They're going to get a win. Yeah, they will get a win. And because no one loses eight in a row in regulation, <laughs> that just doesn't happen. It's All impossible. Right. At some I point, get your you're point. just going to simply win. Point. But 
also what's dangerous here is like they're playing teams like Phoenix, Phoenix and Dallas. They're trying to get into the playoffs. Yes, like they're playing teams that are for real and that are. Griff, thank you for holding. Go ahead, buddy. What's on your mind? No problem, Brian. Uh, I haven't heard you guys mention New Jersey at all. Why is that? In terms of them making a push? Yeah. Well, they've got a light sked. I'll give you that. I, I, very light Griff, I mean, Griff, I thought. Griff, I'll be honest. I I thought I was kind of on board, but I the fact that they've lost eleven shootouts in a row, I thought that last night was their season in a nutshell for me. Okay, but Jamie, that that shootout went uh, nine shooters. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it wasn't just like a, a three shooters and you're out kind of shootout. It was uh, a pretty good shootout. I mean, that Buffalo goalie stood on his head during the shootout. No, he did. I, and and I watched most of it. It's just what's what worried me for them. Think about what's going to haunt them if they don't make the playoffs. Oh, absolutely! It's going to be the shootout loss. Isn't that crazy? It's sure, crazy. That's Eleven potential points they could have had. Oh, and eleven. I think it goes back to two at the end of last season no, too. Four at the end of last year. Four. Wow. So you're at fifteen. Wow. Yeah. It's so, crazy. I mean, but still, you look at their schedule. So, so they play Washington. So somebody's going to burn the lease with that game because somebody's going to get two points. Correct. I think Washington has a more difficult uh, schedule than than Jersey does, and Jersey still has a game in hand on Toronto. I'm not saying they make the playoffs, but I think that's a team that's. Toronto's going to have to jump over, and they're never going to be able to jump over. Because well, it's either going to be Detroit and Columbus in the playoffs, or it's going to be Detroit and Jersey in the playoffs. Here's it's the thing, though, too, Griff. To uh, in terms of, like, if you're, if you're going to put the, the draft pick spin on it, someone brought this to my attention last night. I had forgotten. They don't have that pick. They no. forfeited that pick. They got it back, but it's 30th this year. So even if they are behind the Leafs, the Leafs actually technically are a spot lower in terms of where they draft. Oh, that's true, but I mean, if we're talking merely playoff spot here, yeah. I'm saying that New Jersey is my pick to get in before Columbus, and okay. to get in before Washington, and to get in before Toronto. So based you're not buying... schedule and based on the way they're playing now, and I wouldn't even rule out Ottawa to make a big push, and I think Ottawa will end up ruining the lease, but I don't think it'll matter by then. Well, and that's the big debate, right? Once you get to that final game, if it means nothing, <laughs> then what the hell do you have? You have two teams that are packing their bags before the game and just waiting to fly out, essentially, at 10.30 that evening. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for the call, Griff. Appreciate right. it. No problem. 416-870-1050. Let's get to John in Oshawa. Go ahead, John. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, this uh, ultimate choke job uh, is, is uh, you know, left a bad taste in my mouth. Maybe I'll get back on board uh, after Saturday if, if we get two wins out the next two games. It, it reminds me a lot of the 87 uh, Blue Jays. We had a six-game lead with one week to go in the season, and we blew it. <laughs> this uh, just uh, reminds me of it. Just uh, I, I can't get over it. It's, it's, uh, it's killing me. A lot of people have brought up that Blue Jays comparison. Lost and, eight in a row? Yeah, and that's, that's from 25 years ago. And really? people are still eating that. I mean, people <laughs> are still walking around like zombies because of that. They won two World Series since then. Would people be willing to accept the 18-wheeler Game 7 and this collapse if the Leafs win two cups over the next 10 years? I would think you'd finally give it up, but that's what happens, right? You, you attach yourself to the emotion of a loss like that or a losing streak like that, and you, you just can't give it up. I wow. mean, this, this can be tough for people to shake. It is going to be tough, but you look at it, too. It was a 48-game sprint last year, and they made the playoffs. And people would say, well, let's see how it stretches out over 82. But in your mind, you're thinking, this is a playoff team. They made the playoffs. You're not regressing. They've regressed. And or have they gotten better? That's a good question. 
Like you break down where they were a year ago, and and last year, let's not pretend like they didn't have some flaws. They they did last they did year. Have some flaws. They absolutely. But, I mean, did. you know, on in a forty-eight game season that started mid-January, where some players did played, some players didn't play. Uh, you know, it was it was a mismatch of a season, and you know the Leafs, they they made it, and yes, it, they had a rough time against Boston, but I still believe Boston took their foot off the gas. James Reimer stole games five and six. Yep, stole yep. them, and the Leafs came out flying in Game Seven. They did, and Tuka Rask wasn't great. They outscored Tuka Rask's is, his issues in that game. Yep, absolutely. But the point being is is you know people are going to look back and and say, well, that's a playoff team. Well. You know, has the team regressed? Have they taken that next step? Well, some guys have gotten experience. Nazem Kadri knows what it's like to play in the playoffs. Jake Gardner knows what it's like to play in the playoffs. They at least know that type of atmosphere. Has that helped them with their game? You know, it, some of these young guys, they're getting there, but it's it takes time. Brian on the 401. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, guys. How you doing today? We're doing well. Um, you know, I, I've got to tell you, I really, really enjoy your show. Thank you. And uh, you could do it for you guys together. It's just awesome. But I have a thought, and that is that uh, there's a certain amount of young guys on this team, and I think that they need to – I like to see them replace Carlisle no matter what, whether they get into the playoffs or, or not. I'd love to see, like, a Doug Gilmore come in, which would be in the memory of the guys that are playing right now. Uh, they would remember Doug Gilmore and the asset that he was and, and the fact that he was an you know, offensive genius as well as Burns Trapp. But more importantly, I'd love to see him uh, see them get Wendell Clark as uh, a hitting coach. They need to learn how to hit. What Let's bring think? them all in. Let's bring in Daryl Sittler in and try to teach them how to become ten-point no, no, ten, guys. Yeah, ten-point nights. Here's how you have a ten-point night. I think I think you're playing the fan there, Brian. I love those two guys. I love Gil- Gilmore. Is my favorite player of all time. And Wendell would probably be number two. I just I love everything about them, but I don't think Doug Gilmore is thinking that he's actually in the running to be the next head coach. I think of the Doug Toronto Gilmore is quite happy being the general manager of the Kingston Frontenacs, as he should be at this point. Yeah, the greatest player on earth went and coached the Phoenix Coyotes, and by all accounts I received, he was horrible. It didn't go very well, put it that way. Terrible. And I had buddies who played on that team. <laughs> I told you, it was a gong show. It was horrible. Not even close. I can't even tell you the story on air no, of what he was yelling either. at me. Wayne Gretzky was yelling at me one time on the ice. Yelling. That, he's the greatest player of all time. Yeah. You, know, you, you look up to him, and he's yelling at me. I'm like, I'm surprised he knows my name. First of all, that was kind of cool. But what he was saying, I was like, oh. He can't even. I'm like, that's it. You can't do that. Check, please. You can't do that. Yeah. Please don't. Uh, Dave Bowling coming up. Leafs Lunch lineup contest. The theme this week is former Maple Leafs who were part of the 18-wheeler collapse in 2012. By Friday, we will have named five players so that a full line has been created. First person in with all five Maple Leaf players named picks up a pair of lower bowl tickets to catch the Maple Leafs take on the Jets down at the ACC this Saturday, the final home game of the year, potentially, if they don't make the playoffs. The Leafs Lunch lineup contest player of the day is David Steckel. David Steckel is your Leafs nice. Lunch lineup contest player of the day. There's a reference. That'll come up 20 years down the road. Remember David Steckel playing for the Maple Leafs? Um, Dave Boland joins us next. Loophole cross ace to Riley jumping in from the circle. Back door. Boland off a skate. He scores! David Boland with a bank play gives the Leafs a 2-1 lead. They all count. Highlight real snipe last night. I think he'll take it. The Maple Leafs certainly will. That's puck luck. Isn't that what it was called? I think it was planned. 
Yeah, yeah, Popped I think back, he's absolutely back at pickle deep. stab from just outside the goal line, off the defenseman's ass, and in the net. Planned. I, I love so. the man, but man, that would be brilliant if it was. <laughs> you want to bring him in and ask? Sure. Let's get him in here. Here is Dave Bolin from the Maple Leafs. Was that planned last night, Dave? Yeah, I wish it was, but uh, got a little handcuffed in front when Morgan uh, when Morgan sent the puck over, and I tried to look for loops behind me, but uh, it was nice that Brody put it in for me. You'll take it though, right? That's right. I'll take anything. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, obviously, you guys, you needed one last night. What was the uh, mood in the room like after you finally snapped the losing streak? Yeah, the mood was a little lighter. Uh, going on one of those eight-game losing streaks are not fun. Uh, you're gripping your stick tight. You're not breathing as well. You're not. Uh, things aren't going the right way. But I think it was the last night. It was nice to to get that out of the way and, and move on. David, you played on some championship teams in Chicago that obviously had some offensive flair with the likes of Taze, uh, Kane, guys that could get it done. But you also played defense. Where do the Maple Leafs, or how far do they have to go to just get better in, in limiting those scoring chances and just being an all-round better defensive team? Yeah, for sure, and that's that's where everything comes from. Uh, we learned that our first year in uh, in Chicago. We lost. Uh, we were two points out. We lost. Uh, in the playoffs, and we figured things out the next year or later. But uh, the defense is where everything happens. That's where mostly that's where you save games, and that's where you help your team win. Uh, so, what kind of I things happened in that transformation? Was it just attention to detail, a little bit of extra effort here, or or, or explain it to me? Yeah, it's probably just a little bit of detail. Just just getting uh, what we got to do. Just uh, sticking to the systems and and what uh, Randy has. I think mean, once you stick to the systems and you do that, you, you're going to accomplish things. We're chatting with Dave Bolin from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Was there one thing in particular that when you guys were going through the losing streak you were really trying to focus on and you felt like if you could accomplish that, that would get you over the top? Uh, a little bit, but I think we were playing pretty well in some, some of those games. I think if you look at Detroit and some of the other games, we outshot and had an outchance a few of them. We just didn't get some, some big breaks. We just didn't get some of those, uh, those ones I, like I did last night with uh, with that backhand uh, you go through those slumps. I know the year we, uh, I know the year we won the cup in 09 or 10, or 10 uh, we went on like an eight-game losing streak. We're on the same thing, and it's things like that happen. You just don't get the breaks. You don't get the kind of kind of momentum you want. But you go through that. Dave, you're because you have the cups and you have the experience in the league. Take us inside the dressing room when the guys are struggling, when you are preparing in between periods. Uh, what type of things get said, not only by yourself, but the leadership group? What would you would you say to try and snap out of this type of stuff? Yeah, we were just stay positive. Uh, you know, you're, you're not going to get negative. You're not going to get down on yourself. That's that's the main thing. When everybody's chatting in the room, when either Dion, myself, or, or Jay, or <coughs> excuse me, or uh, or Loops, or anybody, everybody's voicing their opinion, uh, just to stay positive and stay up. Uh, you, you know, when you go through the, these slumps, you you get in that sort of negative and that sort of depression that when are we going to get out of this? When are we going to, when's this going to happen? And it's just staying positive in the room and being, being in, in with the guys. With Dave Bolin from the Maple Leafs, the Leafs back in action tomorrow night with the Bruins in town. You can hear the game right here on TSN 1050. You're coming off a very difficult injury, long rehab. Uh, you've been back in the lineup now for a couple of weeks. How are you personally feeling? Yeah, it's still building. It's, it's still time. Uh, it's going to take time and, and to, to strengthen the tendon and strengthen the whole left leg uh, that I lost, all the muscle and, and everything. But I did have a, a good enough time to, to build it all back. But 
there's still a little bit more strength that's, that's going to be built in with it, and that's, that's going to take time for myself. But it's great to be back playing with the game. Uh, being out for four and a half months there, it's, it's never fun watching him and seeing what's going on the ice and, and, and the fans and be a part of it. It's, uh, it's never fun. You're a Toronto guy. Uh, how has the experience been overall for you playing as a Maple Leaf in this city? No, it's been great. It's been fun. Uh, everywhere you go, uh, everybody's saying hi. Everybody's been great. The fans have been great. Uh, everybody's been great. I think it's been a great experience for, for coming back and, and being in Toronto. In terms of this this losing streak, a lot is made of the fact that the fans are, are freaking out, and you know we always hear from players that have played here before that have left and said, "Hey, it's difficult to kind of walk the streets. It's difficult to kind of leave if things are not going your way." How has the past two weeks been, just walking the streets of Toronto for you? Yeah, I don't know. It's been. Uh, I don't think I'm at my house really. I'm stick in my room, but uh, <laughs> it's been it's been fine. Uh, you can voice your opinion. It's, it's 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 whatever anybody wants to say. It's been fine for me. Walking the streets, uh, nobody's ever said anything that uh, vulgar or anything that to me. So I have nothing to say about that. So you don't feel like there's is there more pressure losing here than there was losing in Chicago? Oh, for sure. There's more pressure here for sure. I think uh, when uh, when you're in Toronto, I think uh, myself growing up here and and going through all the uh, the few times that. You, the chances you get getting close to it, it's uh, it's it's tough. And even in Chicago, uh, it was the same way. Um, their fans weren't uh, their fans weren't weren't as easier. Uh, they they'd get on you as quick as possible if if, if, if you're down and and when you're up as well. So uh, they're uh, they're on us as well when we we're in Chicago. What has to happen for you guys to uh, take down a giant Boston? They're rolling right now. They're in town tomorrow night. What's the game plan? We just got to stay positive. I think we got to build off last game. Uh, we got to get that puck deep. We got to play great defense, and I think we we do the right things. We're going to come up with a win. Really appreciate you taking time, Dave. Good luck tomorrow night. Well, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Always. Dave Boland from the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, talking about that goal that he scored last night, and that would be defined as puck luck. I don't think there's any doubting that. And they all count though in the end. I like those terminology. The pickle stab. The pickle stab at it because it, it handcuffed yeah. him and he poked at it Put backhand, it right? The toe of a stick. The toe. And then Brody kicks it right in the net. But I mean, that's buck luck. You need some of that. But he's one of those guys where he's clutch. It just it doesn't matter. He'll find a way to get it done. And that's why he was so sought after and he will continue to be come this summer. Because that's the kind of player. It's a it it's just below a first or second line player, but it's a death guy that that gets it done time and time again, and that's the kind of guys that you win with. It is so disappointing. I mean, it happens. Injuries happen. It happens every single year with every team in every league. But he only got the chance to play really 15 games, and he played really well early on. He really was a catalyst for the success that they had. He was playing in every situation, and he admitted it. Listen, it's still a long road for him. He's still kind of grinding as we speak. And you never know where, where this team would have been if they could have survived, what would have happened if he was in the lineup for every single game this year. But I do think it would have changed the complexion of their team, you know, on nights anyway. Yeah. It's not like he would have been a savior or anything like that. But, no, but maybe it's – that's why I, I asked him to take, take us inside the room. Because having a guy like that in the room who's been there and experienced can look across at Jake Gardner and say, dude, keep going, you know. 
You're, you're going to be fine. Like if he, if and I'm just pointing a guy like Jake Gardner or Morgan Riley, like you know guys who hadn't been through anything. You look to your your veteran guys in the room, and the guys who are vocal. I think Bolin would be that type of guy that you can rely on, and that'll be interesting to see if if they're you know I know they wouldn't talk about. It. That's why I didn't bring it up, but. You know, where are they at with contract negotiations with him? If they've even thrown a bone at him, or well, I would think the Maple Leafs would. The way they were talking about him when he was out of the lineup, the way they were talking about him when he rolled through training camp and played yeah. those first ten or fifteen games, they're clearly very high on him. Every coach, every team in the league would be, but it comes down to finding the right price, and it takes two to tango. And we knew that with five games left, he's not going to sit here and talk about his contractual situation. Right. It's not going to happen, but it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out with him once the season comes to an end, you know, and once we get closer to July 1st. Um, Joel Quinville, the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, he was just holding his press uh, scrum, and he announced that Jonathan Taves will be out for the remaining games this season. So he is regular out season. for the regular season, yes, and they expect him to be 100% for the playoffs. So Jonathan Taves is not going to play between now and the end of the year. We still don't know exactly what the injury is. Obviously, it spawned from that Brooks Orpik hit. Um, it looked like it was an upper body, but we're speculating at this point. But the fact that he'll be 100% or they expect him to be come playoff time, that's a big boost, yeah. obviously, and ultimately that's where they're at right now. You know, they're really thinking cup or bust. I mean, that's the way it's been, especially when you are the cup-defending team. And if they don't have Jonathan Taves at 100%, they're in big trouble. Yeah. But you put the Maple Leafs spin on it, plays them in a couple of nights, and Taves is going to be out, and Kane has been out for quite a while. A little bit of an easier setup for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But ultimately, I, I think this is all about Quinville and the Blackhawks saying, what's the point? Like, we're not going to force a guy right now. Why would you? Yeah. We're making the playoffs. We just want our guns ready. It's very simple. Yeah. And you know Jonathan Tays, regardless if he plays the last five games, he's ready for the playoffs. And that's where your focus is. Get this group healthy heading into the playoffs. Don't have them laboring or worried about nagging injuries. Shut them down, right down. You said that to me off air. I would shut Hayes down right to the playoffs. What do, you, what do you need him playing against Columbus for? Yeah, you don't. You don't. And it looks like they're going to start on the road in Colorado, though. They're three points back, and the Avs have a game in hand. And yeah. Colorado stormed back to pick up two last night at Columbus. Mm -hmm. So it looks like they're going to begin on the road. They haven't done that in quite a while. I mean, Chicago's usually the top seed in the West. Um, not that they can't meet that challenge. I mean, they're such a good team. And they're going to need Kane and Taves back. But like you said, Noodles, these guys are I'd, vets. They know what they're doing. I'd much rather start on the road. Really? You steal one. You, now you, you take home ice back anyways, and you go home to your own, own building. A lot of times you start at home. And what happens is, you know, the emotions, the fans, everyone, you're... Losing game one at home, it's already you're like, like, holy oh, smokes. Boy. Yeah. You drop the next one, we're in big... It's just you're, you're it's on, such a game of emotions, exactly, game Exactly, and you overthink it. You're on the road, all you need is win one game. One out of the two. And that's it. And you go back home with momentum. That's, that's the way I look at it. I can guarantee the guys in Chicago aren't worried about that one bit. No, I think they'll be okay, but that's going to be a big challenge for them oh. because Colorado has played really well against them this They're year. They're 4-1 against the Chicago Blackhawks. Exactly. So I, I think they, they do have to respect the fact that Colorado, to me, is just a younger Chicago team. I mean, they, they were what Chicago was coming up. This McKinnon kid, nobody expected him to be that good. He is lights er, out. This, this early on. Yep. He's lighting it up. O'Reilly... 
Landis Gug, you go right down. Stashney's having a great year. He's a free agent. He's going to get some cash. But the the thing is, too, Matt Duchesne's out, right? Yes. He's out between now and the end of the regular season, and he may be questionable come game one, game two. Right. You also have to throw this out, and it, it's absolutely speculation right now, but this is all we can deal with because Taves, he's out, but we don't know what the injury is. He has had concussion problems in the past. Yeah. And if it is a concussion... You can't guarantee that he'll be 100% ready. No. If I, it's a shoulder injury, an elbow thing, then, yeah, you can. You I can kinda, sit there and... I, I'm not a doctor, but just looking at that, I looked at that hit about 50 times the other day. I had to... I had to we had to keep rolling it in our monitors to, to decide if we thought it was going to be a suspension, all of that. It looked like shoulder or neck or something. It didn't look... I know there was some head involved, but to me, the way that he got up and skated off, like I, I think it was shoulder... It looked like related it. He or was, elbow. Or it he was, was that laboring. left side. Yeah. yeah, but it was a great hit. Oh. It was a great hit. Uh, the Maple Leafs push to the playoffs coverage on TSN 1050 is presented by your Toronto area Ford dealers. Drive smart and save smart with Ford's most fuel efficient lineup ever. This is Leafs lunch TSN 1050. Hey show coming up just after two. We will look back on the Blue Jays win last night. Drew Hutchison pitched very, very well. And he's going to join me at 2.15. Drew Hutchison coming up on the Hey Show at 2.15. Eric Fair from the Washington Capitals will join me as well. He's a big Blue Jays fan. Oh, yeah? So we're going to get into a number of things with him about that. They had a tough night with Dallas in town down yeah, in Washington. That was a beat down last night. Yeah, they beat up on the Caps. Yeah. So we'll get into a number of things with him, including Ovechkin and what's it like to play with him. What's he like? Was he, uh, ask him if he was one of the guys who helped uh, our boy Joel Ward out of the uh, bathroom stall. Remember he had to call somebody or did he tweet it? Help him in a bathroom stall or something? I think he did tweet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that so, last year or this year? I think that was this year. Yeah, I guess Early right. on. Yeah, it was. They had to like, firemen showed up or something to cut... <laughs> Jaws of Life had to get him out of the bathroom stall. I think he was down in Dallas. Actually, yeah. Yeah. ironically, that's exactly who they were playing. There you go. Ask him about that. See if he was one of the guys helping. Good day. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> you realize we video stream, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Clock said 143.46. I'm like, this guy's got to be going to break in 20 seconds. Oh, really? So you by the you rules of the for? station, he he probably should. But yes. we talked for about another two minutes. We got. Oh, you did? Oh, yes. We were well on our way into Jonathan Taves, yeah. Matt Duchesne, and you're at the calf buying a parfait. <laughs> <laughs> like you came in here with that yogurt. <laughs> you were ecstatic with yourself. Somewhat jacked up about yes, it. Yes, I would say so. Um, anyway, the Maple Leafs back in action tomorrow. Like, are people going to be watching this Bruins-Wings game tonight and saying, please beat Detroit? Like, is Detroit even still in the whole I would, I would race? Keep them I guess in they there. are. Yeah. Listen, at some point, don't you think Nyquist has to slow down a bit? This Maybe guy's he won't. on fire. He is. Helm, Helm comes back to Tar. I mean, they've got a good young group. And, and you look at it, they're just finding a way to get it done. But maybe Boston slows them down. You never know. You have to, right now, because the Maple Leafs have put themselves in this situation, 
If you're a fan, you're still scoreboard watching. You are. I get the impression based on what people are sending in, a lot of people are just absolutely out. apathetic. Well, and it's and I understand where they're coming from. Like a lot of people were pointing this out earlier that the least one last night, no one even really flinched. Like no one sat there and said, "All right, here we go. It's go time now." And I totally understand that with how deflating an eight-game losing streak is. Yep. And it was eight games over 13 or 14 days. Yeah. Like it was in rapid fire mode. Night in, night out, you're watching and you're thinking, this is crazy. And they never really got blown out. They got blown out in terms of the way they played. But you look at even the St. Louis game. It was 4-3 with a minute 30 to go. Right. Face off in St. Louis' zone. They had a chance to tie that game. Like There was still a reason to watch that and think, maybe they get a bounce here or there, get in, find a loser point, gets them back on their way. Yeah. The Habs games, the Devils games, the Detroit games, they were always within a goal or two. And in the third period, you'd still be watching on the edge of your seat thinking something could happen here. Something's got to happen. So that's the thing. Law of averages. Exactly. That's you're sitting there going, something has to happen. And I think that's why the emotion really gets sucked out of you because you truly are invested in all of these games. If they lost eight in a row, 5-1, 7-2, by the time the third period came around, people would say, forget it, I'm out of here. Yeah. Like, what's the point of watching? There was always a point in watching the third periods. Yeah, and that's difficult for fans. We're still. Everyone's just hanging on to a lot here, right? Are you grasping at straws, though? I'm willing to do it. I know you are. You opened the show, Mary Swanson. Like I did. You were absolutely on board with it being a million to one chance and feeling like you're in there. You got the inside track. I don't have the inside track, but I'm saying. You have if you beat Boston tomorrow, you're giving yourself a better percentage. It goes up from eight to maybe over ten, it ten to be. twelve, and you're scoreboard watching, Double seeing digits. What, what's what's going to go on, what's Columbus going to do. That's the thing. Your 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 focus has to be on Columbus, or as Griff brought up, maybe the teams that are, you know, up your rear. That's the that's the truth. Mike in North York, thank you for holding. Go ahead, Mike. Hey guys, thanks for. I love the show. Thanks, bud. Um, I'll, I'll tell you something, guys. I, I'm I'm really debating watching the game tour, and I'll tell you why. With last year's uh, you know playoff run with the Boston Bruins, that was a very very tough pill to swallow. And with tomorrow's game coming up, I mean, once again, Boston can you know put the dagger and you know eliminate all chances of even making the playoffs. So. I just, uh, two things, I, I do not want to relive it, and I can't afford another TV, so, I mean, I, 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 I'm not, I probably won't watch the game, but uh, one thing that I hope these guys do is re-sign that guy, David Bowling, man, he was on the show, great guy, great character, great leader, and I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts. Yeah, it's interesting that Boston is the team that is in town, but, you know, last night Calgary could have ended it. You, you could make the argument that Detroit was the one that really ended it last Saturday. Yeah, the head-to-head. Yeah, or Philly on Friday, <laughs> you know, or the Habs two weekends ago. Uh, but the fact that it is Boston, the <laughs> fact that it is Boston. rip off all the teams. Well, really, they, yeah. you could, though. You, you could. I mean, you, you could argue that you go back three or four games and say I can that remember was just going was. on vacation and saying, okay, they're in the playoffs, and you said, yes, barring a major collapse. And I can remember going like this, well, if any team's capable, 
Uh, it was joking. I was making a joke. It was for fun. Yeah, you were It on wasn't fire even serious. Well, it's not that fun anymore, right? No, it's not. <laughs> it is not that fun anymore. Here we go. This is what it's come to, okay? Mm-hmm. Derek sent me a tweet saying, this is what has to happen. If Toronto goes 4-1, and one, yes. Detroit goes 2-4-1, and one, Columbus goes 3-4, and four, Washington goes 4-1-1, one, and one, New Jersey goes 4-1-1, one, and one, Toronto will get the number one wild card spot. Wow. And he went on to say it's not likely that they will get the number one, but the second wild card spot is still very possible. I, I love that, though, the idea of people saying, no, I'm still fighting for the first wild card spot. <laughs> How about any wild card spot? How about a miracle and you backdoor into a four-game sweep against the Boston Bruins? Well, I, I again, there, there are stories like that. The 06 Edmonton Oilers. That they, they made the playoffs on the last day of the season, and they went to the cup final and lost to Game Carolina. Seven. Yeah. They lost. I mean, Chris Pronger was on the team. Playing 45 minutes yeah, a night. And, and Dwayne Rolison. I remember when Rolison got traded to that team, he was having a rough go, put it that way. And the talk around the town was like, this guy's done. He can't play anymore. And he lit it on fire in the playoffs. I mean, they got lightning in a bottle. It happens. But it's happened so many times. Now, L.A. was a different story because L.A. was underachieving all year. They make it in at eighth and they win the cup. They mow through the playoffs like at an embarrassing rate. But you have to get there. Well, and the truth is, you you mentioned the goaltender. If there's one way to guarantee that you are going to win games, it is between the pipes. Like if Jonathan Bernier has five just magical games in him. <laughs> that's how they could win. But ultimately, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Oh, just look at the percentages, dude. I'm Come not on. listen. 8. I'm not. 6. I'm not saying they're getting in. I never have said. I've been saying for two days. You're painting flames on a minivan right now. It's just. <laughs> it's just stop it. No, what I'm suggesting is goaltending. Goaltending is always the definer in the end. That is what defines what is going to happen. And. Like, this is where you are grasping at. This is yeah. what you're talking about here. Well, you have if to. you believe. You have, you, to create you, have all to these believe. Sc- you have to create all these scenarios in your head. You haven't created one for me to, to, to buy in. I'm well, not, not, I, I, just, I, I just go to the number, 8.6. I can't get it out of well, my buddy, head. Buddy, it's not. That's the reality. You, you can't paint one. But I'm saying if, and that's why I say a giant if, and that's what we do on the show. We speculate. We throw things around. You talk about goaltending. Tampa, Montreal last night. Carey Price put a show on, and they still lost. But, yeah. I mean, that is, that's, that'll be an interesting playoff matchup. It's gonna well, be I'm looking good forward to that. Yeah, believe The playoffs me. are going to be great. It's just a matter of whether or not the Maple Leafs will be that's fine. in the way, more, we will teeing still them up be and here tracking and strong, them on the And people will be listening to us because they want to hear us go at it. There you go, buddy. All that's right, the boys. way I look at You're it. You're out of here. We're live at the ACC tomorrow. Yes. Teeing up the biggest game of the year. That is. Version 10. Well, or 78, whatever it is now. How many games deep are we at this point? Either way, biggest game of the year tomorrow. Absolutely. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Noon. Sounds good. That is the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, Jamie Noodles, McLennan. Hey, show coming up next. Drew Hutchison joins me at 2.15. The Blue Jays off the snide with a big win last night down in Tampa. This has been Leafs Lunch, TSN 1050.